You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. Good morning, everybody out there. Welcome to SPC Online. Glad you're able to join us today. I am starting a new series this morning on the Holy Spirit. It's called The Spirit at Work. I'm very excited about this series uh, starting today. Thanks again to Steph and Carly, the Twinnies, for leading us in worship today and for our online team who you don't get to see, but who are, are working very hard to make this possible. So thanks a lot, guys. Let's get right into it today. Today, our title is The Job Description of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but he does have a job and he does have responsibilities that were given to him by Jesus. And today I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to start with uh, John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. And they say this. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. In fact, Jesus spoke uh, a lot about the Holy Spirit during the hours right before his arrest and his death on the cross. He wanted his disciples to know that the Holy Spirit was going to come and that he was going to take over the role that Jesus was doing there of, of, uh, his, of their helper, of their teacher, of their counselor, that he was going to come and do that. Jesus said, it's best for you that I go away so that he will come. I was reading a quote a little while ago by A.W. Tozer, and he said this. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. But if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the early church in the book of Acts, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Wow, that is a shocking, shocking statement. Could it be that the one Jesus sent to unite and empower the body of Christ is now neglected and forgotten, that he's feared and misunderstood. How the mighty have fallen, my friends. We have, we, we have fallen a long way from the early church in the book of Acts. We don't, we just don't live there anymore. The church seems to be suffering from a massive power crisis. And I'm here to remind us all that we need the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's best that I go away so that the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, the encourager would come. Why did Jesus want to send the Holy Spirit? What's his job description? What's his mission? What's the work that he was sent to do? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to try to answer that today. Here are five job responsibilities that the Holy Spirit has in his dealings with us. 
And let me just say this, that all these things that I'm about to mention are not just a one-time event, but they're an ongoing process that continues on in our lives. So let me get right into it today. Number one, he convicts us. He convicts us. John 16, 8 that we just read, it says that when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. You see, without his help, we can't see our need for God. That he needs to come to wake us up to our actual sinful condition before a holy God. The Holy Spirit comes to show us how much we need a Savior. And remember, it's an ongoing process. So he, he doesn't just come once, but he continues to help us with conviction. And there's a difference. He doesn't come to condemn. He comes to convict. He doesn't want to put us down, but he's come to lift us up. Somebody said amen. This is what he's here to do. God loves us so much that he wants to save us. He wants to see us get better. He wants to see us get that abundant life that he has for us. He wants us to increase in holiness. He wants us to get rid of the things in our lives that draw us away from Jesus, that lead us down the wrong path. He wants to transform us and make us better. And that's what conviction does. See, condemnation puts us down, but conviction actually leads to change and to repentance. And in the end, it lifts us up. You see, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, it actually gives us hope. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but it's true. It gives us hope because it tells us that change is possible with his help. And it also tells us that God loves us so much that he hasn't given up on us and that he is poking and prodding us to get better and to, and to become the man or the woman that he wants us to be. And so in that sense, it gives us hope. God wants to help us. And that's great news. So that's the first thing that he does. The second thing is he saves us. And there's some verses in Titus, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He washed away our sins. And he gave us new life through the Holy Spirit. Great news. Paul expressed this kind of thought in 1 Corinthians when he, he said that we are new creatures. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And John actually said this. Let me show you this one too. John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. He saves us. There was a story that happened back, and we'll read just a little chunk of it, but there was a story of a Jewish Pharisee, a religious leader. His name was Nicodemus, and he came to see Jesus one, one night. You can call him Nick at night, but Nick came to him 
uh, at night because he wanted to talk to him about the things that Jesus was teaching. And here's part of their exchange in John chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Humans can reproduce only human life, he says, but it's the Holy Spirit who gives birth to spiritual life. He saves us. He redeems us. He regenerates us. He makes us that new creation in Christ Jesus. He saves us and he washes away our sin. He washes away our shame and he gives us this new life in Jesus. Come on, that's good news today. It's the Holy Spirit who does that. It's his job. It's in his job description. We experience God's forgiveness and we gain a spiritual rebirth the moment that we ask for it. If you've never asked today, you can ask at this, at this time, right here at this moment, if you say, Jesus, come into my life, he will. That's how faithful and wonderful he is. It's the job of the Holy Spirit. He saves us. So he convicts us, he saves us. Number three, he lives in us. First Corinthians chapter six, it says this in verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. See, all the benefits of the Spirit are yours, child of God. They're yours. There should be no power shortage in our lives. And worry and fear and anxiety should not dominate our thoughts and our lives. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit, child of God. He lives in you. You are filled with his love, with his peace, with his hope, with his strength, with his wisdom, with his compassion, with his mercy. That's in you, child of God, temple of the Holy Spirit. He is with you. He is for you, not against you. So the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. If you have believed and received him into your life. Jesus sent him to live in us. It's his job now to guide us, to, to comfort us, to lead us into truth, the Bible says, to speak to us and to help us glorify Jesus through our words and through our actions. It's his job. Look at what John said in John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Come on, check it out, church. And later will be what? In you. In you. Great, great news. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Okay, next one. 
Number four, he matures us. He matures us. Now this, again, is a lifelong process where the fruits of the Spirit grow in our lives as we mature in Christ. And let me just show you these. There's uh, just a quick little list in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So these nine qualities really speak to the character of Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit wants to mature us. He wants to grow us in these areas. And with the Holy Spirit in us, we should be bearing fruit. We are connected to him. And so when we are, this is the kind of fruit that will come from our lives. He will grow us into these. He will mature us into these. It's his job. And so a believer, by the way, if you didn't get the point, should not be staying the same. Somebody who has known the Lord should be different than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We shouldn't be struggling with the same thing. He's called us and equipped us and empowered us to be better. He's maturing us and growing us in these things. And so I encourage you, the more you open up your life to him, the more he'll grow these fruits into your life. Just like a child, by the way, grows into an adult and it would be really strange if they didn't, right? It's the same. Our faith and our actions need to be growing up more into Jesus. And so that list is a very challenging list, but that's the kind of fruit that the Spirit produces in us. Remember, it's an ongoing process, and we are learning and growing and changing with His help. He is growing. The Holy Spirit is growing these qualities and the likeness of Jesus in us. It's his job. Let him do his job, church. Lastly, number five, he empowers us. He empowers us. And we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but let me just touch on it again. Jesus knew that we would struggle to live for him and to serve him in our own strength. In fact, he knew that it would be impossible to do so. Look what he said to his disciples just before he left this earth in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. See, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it. Jesus knew that we needed it. After his death and resurrection uh, out of the grave, for 40 days he appeared on and off to the disciples. And then for 10 days he left and said, wait here until he comes. He gave them the great commission to go into all the world to preach the gospel. But he said, there's a waiting time that must happen before the going time wait until he arrives when he arrives then he will put the go in the gospel come on amen he will let you go with power he will let you go with anointing and unction and courage and determination he is the one that will put that go in the gospel for you so wait until he arrives he 
He empowers us. He empowers us. We need his power to personally, to overcome temptation, to live in victory and freedom. We can't do it without his help. And we also need him to help us be the witnesses that he's called us to be. Now, actually more on, more on both of those two things next week uh, as our series continues. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You said it, come on, freedom. And there is no real spiritual freedom and there's no, there's no real spiritual power like the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it. After the Holy Spirit arrives in Acts chapter 2, this is when you see men and women who were empowered begin to do things that they could not do before, that they had never done before. Peter quotes the prophet Joel in his, in his powerful sermon in Acts chapter 2. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. That's what he said. You're young, you're old. Everybody, everybody, it will touch. He said, in those days, I will pour my spirit out upon men and women alike. It is for everyone. And so these ordinary people, these ordinary people just like us, were given this boldness. They were given wisdom and strength and courage and compassion and determination like that was greater than they had ever had before greater than they had ever experienced before they were empowered by the holy spirit and they went out and they accomplished amazing things incredible things it's like i joke sometimes and say the holy spirit turned the disciples from clark kent into superman but he did it not just to the disciples, but to all the believers. For the Spirit was poured out on them all. Which leads me into this as we, uh, as we ramp up towards our close. But Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he gives this list of spiritual gifts that were given to us by the Holy Spirit, he says. And they are abilities and talents which he wants to grow in us and he wants to empower in us. So everything you are, child of God, everything that you are, every talent, every ability, it is not by mistake, it is not by chance. It has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. He wants to give you the power and the wisdom to know how to use, to use your gifts well so that you can make a difference in the life of somebody else. That's the whole point. It, the gifts and the talents are not just for you. They're actually for you to take to the world. Taking it to the streets, that's what you do. That's what you do with the gifts, right? So this, this power this, that he gives us, the Holy Spirit gives us this ability to make a difference and to have an impact on others. He gives us these gifts and he gives us the power to use them properly. And so our spiritual gifts may be different. All of us are different. Your gifts are different than mine and mine are different than yours. But here's the thing. Our gifts may be different, but the Holy Spirit is the giver and the power source for them all. It's an amazing thing. In fact, uh, this is what Paul said in, let me read it to you, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 
There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Believers, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody said amen. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that gives you the ability to make a difference and to impact others. So use it and use it well. It is what he is here to do. It's in his job description to empower you to use your spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God. So the job description of the Holy Spirit contains lots of things, but I just picked out these five. These five responsibilities given to the Holy Spirit by Jesus that, that it was his job to work these things into our lives. That he convicts us, he saves us, he lives in us, he matures us, and he empowers us. And so his ministry to us is so rich and so diverse, but, we, but he always focuses on magnifying Jesus in us and through us. That's what he always does. So if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can have one. All you have to do is ask. He wants a relationship with you. If you've listened to this sermon all the way to the end, don't miss this last most important point. God loves you, wants to save you. He might be convicting you. Your conscience may be calling out to you at this very moment. You might be feeling things in your life are not the way they need to be. You don't need, you don't need to clean yourself up. You don't need to jump through a million hoops. All you need to do is sincerely say, Jesus, come into my life. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Change me, save me, fill me, use me, change me. And he will. That's his job. It's what he's here to do. So if you are, if you are even remotely interested or if there's any questions, please reach out to the church our, on our email addresses. If you go to our website, spcfamily.ca, all of our, our emails are there. And you can reach out to us and we would be happy to help you pray with you and assist you in any way that we can. So God bless you. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you today so much for your great love and thank you for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you were confined to a physical body here on this earth. And so when it was time, Lord, for you to leave, you said, it's good that I leave because when I leave, he will come. And he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And he will be everywhere at all times, ready to help anybody who needs his help and his power and his touch. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are not just with us, but you are in us. So bless, Lord, my friends today. Challenge us and encourage us to live our lives, Lord, filled with the power and the anointing and the courage and the boldness that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. We give you our lives. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Next week, we're going to continue this series uh, on the Spirit at Work. And my title is going to be The Business of the Baptism. So tune in and we'll see you then. See you next week. God bless you all. You have been listening to the Stovo Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovo Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.